welcome to Getting Unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Getting Unstuck. My co-host today is Kathleen Flanagan. Kathleen is a national and international multi-award winning author of the book Dancing Souls, Merging Heaven and Earth, book one, The Call. She is founder and CEO of Awakening Spirit a certified aromatherapist, a vibrational expert, a sound therapist, and an esthetician. Welcome, Kathleen. It's great to have you here today. Thank you, Sharon. It's great to be here. Kathleen, I'd like you to just kind of introduce yourself to the listeners. Who are you? What makes what makes Kathleen go? <laughs> okay. Well, I would say that the main thing that makes me go is that I feel like there's something that I am supposed to do while I came down on this planet. I have never, ever stopped running. And what I mean by that is I have so many different things happening all the same time. And when I tell people, like when I was in um, networking groups and it'd be like, what are you up to today? And all of them were exhausted just listening to everything because they're like, how do you have the energy? And I'm like, I'm here to experience life. We are here to experience life. And if I'm not and sitting in front of a TV is not experiencing life. So what I've done is that I just feel like I have this mission and I don't feel like I've accomplished it. I feel like I'm closer to it, but I haven't fully accomplished it yet. But I just keep moving. And even though some days I get like, really, do we have to do this again? I still do it. You know, it's one of those things that sometimes you just think you need a vacation, but then if I had a vacation, I'd probably go crazy because I'm so used to just having a lot of things, meeting people, working with people, talking to people. So that's kind of why I'm, I just, that's what I do. I just, I do things. I'm living life the way I see I should live life. That I wish everybody lived your that type of life as well. Yeah. And I feel the same way that life is we're here to experience everything, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows, everything. Yeah, exactly. One of the things you and I talked about in our uh, pre-interview was about um, the dream builder technology that you're involved in. And I'd like you to describe that to the uh, listeners. Okay, the dream builder technology is we all have dreams when we're feeling discontent we're we just we're stuck we're discontent we're not doing what we want to we're not living our dreams we feel like we're in this rut of life you know the nine to five the screaming kids taking them to soccer practice and then there's no time for you and what the dream builder technology really is designed to do is for you to come back to you to re- to look at what it is it that you want what what are your hopes your dreams what do you want to fulfill do you want a new house Do you want to buy a new car, but you have, you're limited on funds. And what this does, it's, it's a coaching program and it's designed to help people start moving through their own personal roadblocks. Because a lot of times when we start moving into something we want, it gets a little difficult. And what we do is we stop and say, well, it's not meant to be. Well, that's, that's your thinking. That's not the universe saying that we're all entitled to have whatever it is that we're looking for. So what this does in the coaching program that goes with it is just to help you move through those fears, talk about what's coming up. Cause a lot of times your people around you don't necessarily support you. 
because you're creating a change. They don't know how to deal with the change that you're creating. And it becomes the crab in the bucket, or it's like your husband's done it one too many times and he's failed and failed and failed. And, you know, so it's like not thinking you're a failure because you're not a failure. It's just, you need to be around people who believe in you. And a lot of times it's somebody outside of your circle of influence that can help you move into that direction. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. All right. And what do you think, why do you think people get blocked? Yeah, it, it comes from us. A lot of times as children, we pick up to us, we interpret it a certain way. We don't understand what we saw because we're in that emotional place. We feel everything up until the eight, until we're eight years old. So there's no logic. It's just, we just feel everything. So if you could see like mom and dad is yelling, but you're taking it that you did something when it's really not you who did it, but you in internalize it that way that, or if you're doing something like for me, my mother always told me that I was very selfish because I wanted to be a dancer. Well, I am today, but she told me I couldn't be a dancer because I was too selfish and there were all these kids she had to feed and who the hell was I to talk, to want that. So do you think failure was a big issue for this girl and not willing and not deserving? Oh yeah, this was huge for me to move through because I took all of that of, I don't deserve anything. I, why did I even come on the planet? You know, you're wasting space on the planet. I mean, it was like this whole gambit of things roared through my head and so if things never worked out, it was, well, see, you're, you're a failure, or I have pipe dreams, and my parents were always thinking that I was into no good. I don't know where they ever came up with that, because I was I was a scam artist to them, and I'm like, wow, excuse me? I still, to this day, have yet to figure out why half of what I did, probably because I went into business for myself and nobody else in my family did, so that I became a scam artist. I guess I wasn't <laughs> wow. stealing or taking money from people. I was honest. It was an honest business, you know, but yeah. I think it was. So I look at that. And so I had to overcome my own issues. And I had to look at those because a lot of times I didn't know I thought those things until after the fact. So I think a lot of our stuff comes from when we're children and how we internalize it. And until we know what we don't know, and until we learn what we don't know we're thinking, because it's our unconscious thoughts that are moving us in, that perpetuate the same thing so we can bring light into that experience so we can move on from that experience. So when I realized that I'm not taking up space on this planet, I have a right to be here, I deserve to be here, God doesn't make junk, you know, all those things that I had to tell myself and, and, and eventually came to believe it, that it was like, well, who are these people to say such things? And then it was like, and you learned it and you took it on, but I'm not living in it anymore. You know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that I, I went through, say the ring of fire, so to speak, to move out of that and decide that I do deserve to have the things that other people have. I'm, I'm worthy. If I want to make a million dollars, who says I can't? Only me. Right. Only me. So, you know, that, that was probably prob the bit, one of the biggest things I think is I had to get out of my own way because I was the one that stopped because I was more afraid of my greatness than my smallness, mm. because I had an inkling of who I truly was and how much power that I had and what I was capable of doing. And that scared me. So I wanted to stay small and invisible, except for that's not happening anymore. 
<laughs> You're on fire now. <laughs> I am on. It took a long time to get into this place of being on fire because you know when in 2017 Spirit said it's time for you to come out and it was like what? <laughs> oh no, I do better behind the scenes, you know. And it, but it, I had to process that. I mean, really coming out and walking through fears of rejection because you know there are trolls out there and. I did something on my website, a troll, never met, didn't know, started saying nasty things, you know, in reviews or whatever. And you're just like, okay, this is why I don't want to come out. So I had to start overcoming that and thinking, well, you know what? They don't know you. They know nothing about you, first of all. And secondly, you must be moving in your life because the trolls are coming out. Yeah, good. And I had to, I had to change my thinking because instead of you're doing it to me, it's like, oh, wait a minute you're doing something that they're feeling, they're feeling your light, they're feeling something that's scaring them. So they're going, you know, as what gaslighting, I guess is what they call it. They're gaslighting me like I'm the bad person when they're the ones that are insecure and threatened, not me. So I had to really work through those things in my mind as well. Yeah. Because we're constantly having to work through our thought processes. Yes. Yeah. And we're not victims. We are not. We are not victims of the world we see. That's actually a, a, one of the lessons in A Course in Miracles, which yep. I adore, is that we are not victims of the world we see. We are exactly. victims of our, our thought processes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just say you, you're with a client. You've kind of helped them move through some of their blockages. How do you use... Um, uh, visual, visualization to help. I, I think one of the things you said to me was that you found hope through visualization. So maybe we can start there. Um, what was happening is I had just moved back from Colorado after being in Chicago for a year, writing the book, Dancing Souls. And it was, there was a lot of things that I was dealing with as far as dark forces that were out there for me to gain my power, to learn who I was, to be overcome a lot of darkness within myself and the darkness that's out there because we do live in a yin and yang world. So there's always a balance. And I had to come into that place of my own. And there was an event that happened. I think there was there was fraud that was trying to be committed on one of my businesses where somebody was trying to say, you know, send me all this money. And I knew it because I had experienced this years before. And I contacted the credit card company or American Express, one of them, Discover American Express, one of the two. And I told them that this was a fraudulent transaction and I wasn't going to fill the order. And they said, well, you have to fill the order. I said, no, actually, I don't. And I'm not going to. Well, you have their money. No, actually, I really don't have their money because I was not going to accept it. I would refund it or whatever I would need to do. So within like 24 hours, <clears throat> I got an email of, you cannot send this order. We're not, pull- we're not giving you the money, blah, 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 which is like, I never filled the order to begin with. So I would have been out this money. So I ended up, because it was an international sale, I ended up getting a hold of Interpol, I think it was, to tell them what was going on because you try to stop this as much as possible. And for some reason, they turned it around that this was my fault. I still, to this day, do not know how this was my fault, but it, it was my fault and I should have known better. And I remember sitting on my chair on the steps and I was just crying of how could I know any better? I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And then I remembered like a a memory came back of when I was a child and 
I was always told you should have known better. And when I re when I went back to that time in my life, it was like I was a child. There was no way I could have known. Uh, and this was over my grandmother's death, I think it was. And so I, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know any better. I was a child. Children don't know better. They just do. And so that memory came back up to explain what was happening now, because here's like an authoritative figure, you know, a credit card banking company telling me I should have known better. Right. Well, no, I shouldn't have known better because this is all new experience. So this isn't something I would have known. And then I, and that was when I felt hopelessness beyond hopelessness, beyond hopelessness. I have felt every emotion in my life, except for hopelessness. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy because that is like, that's a suicidal emotion. And I, and I didn't know how to get out of it. And, and I was not working. Uh, we were in the recession. So I didn't have a job things. I mean, business partner and I were, we were like at each other's throats. It was just a bad, bad time. And then my mother was dying and it was just this whole sense of just despair and hopelessness. And if, if it wasn't for a friend of mine lending me money to pay my rent for two months, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I was seeing, I'm going to be living in a, my Buick down by the river kind of thing. <laughs> because, I mean, it was like, I didn't know where else to go. I mean, I was asking for help. I mean, I got, I think, a, a little bit of reprieve on my um, utility bill, but that was it. I had to be um, in being thrown out of my apartment before I could have gotten any assistance for rent or anything like that. I mean, it was, it was bad situation. And so what I did is I, I reached out to everybody and said, you know, I have all these capabilities. I can do this. I can do this. So I was asking people to do a lot of things to help me and I wasn't getting any response. So then I would just sit on my couch and I would visualize. And then I added gratitude to it because I didn't know what else to do at that moment. So what I did is I was like, thank you, God, for at least being in Colorado, because I was back home. And that was the only thing I was grateful for at that point. And then every day it got better. Like, thank you for such a beautiful day. And thank you for this, the birds singing. You know, it was like, I just slowly expanded on that. And even though I was so close to destitution in April, by December, I had made just under $100,000. What? That's how fast that visualization worked because I was so focused and living as if. Now that didn't mean I spent whatever 10 cents I got in and you know went out and bought a piece of gum or something. I was living as if as if the money was always there and it and it just and it was. I by the grace of God, it was there. Kind of like this whole thing with COVID last year. I'm sitting here, well, I don't know how I'm going to survive this, but by the grace of God, I'm still here. And all of a sudden, business is picking up that I, I thought three weeks ago, I was going to have to start closing businesses and it's starting to pick up. And I'm like, okay, let's rearrange your life a little bit because I'm visualizing, I'm living as if I know what I want and I'm focused and targeted on some, you know, on things that I want. And it's also about me being a better person too. It's not just about money coming in or things. It's about me being a better person all the way around. And I think when you combine all of that, that's how the visualization works and being just being grateful because I'm alive. Right. That's, that's, a, that's, that's something to be grateful for, even absolutely. though it's hard. Yep. And I think if it seems to me too, in my own life, that gratitude is such an amplifier. You know, I was saying to Huge. someone yesterday that you what you appreciate appreciates. 
because that's where you, if your focus is on what you're appreciating, it's bound to get bigger. Bigger. It's just the way yep. the law works, right? Exactly. So, so I'm super happy this that story had a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God it had a happy ending because I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to even live any longer. Do you think that the visualization aspect is one of the key aspects to help people manifest things in life? Totally. Totally. Wow. You didn't even take a second to think about that. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, because I did a lot of like everything was always about goals back when I was younger, because, you know, we're a lot more advanced spiritually than we were 40 years ago. And and goals were one thing, but the they, I think the biggest component that never was in there was living as if and believing and being that person. You know, there were things missing. So goals are good. But if you have a goal, then you just want to focus on the top three and then just visualize what that is, what your life is going to be. Because here's a really cool example of something I did. This is the first time this ever happened to me is I wanted to go to this seminar and it was in Arizona. I had absolutely no money to get there. Not a zilch, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, I'm going. I don't care, but I'm going. And I, and I think it was... It was the day before I was supposed to leave. I made the reservations and everything. I was going. That is faith. But the feeling was like second where the mountains were, the way the weather looked, the way the roads looked, the way I felt, everything had manifested. And I was so stunned because I was going and that was it. And everybody's like, There's, you don't have any money. I don't care. I'll find it. And they did. It manifested like the day before. Same thing when I went to Yellowstone. Back in 2008, it was the same thing. I'm going and all this money appeared. No, I, I actually went, I had no money when I went there, but I had done all this healing work and I had money I needed to pay for everything. Cause I was, I literally went with nothing and I had the money to pay for the hotel and whatever I needed and to get back. So I had all the money I needed and I went with nothing in my pocket. I just went on total faith. That is parting the way. That is, that's, but there's, and there was no doubt. You can, you can say to me today, you had zero doubt. None. Heading, heading to that workshop that you had. None. None. Because it was, it was so, it was such a burning desire inside that it was like, I have to be there. I just have to be there. And I've always been a believer that if you are supposed to be there, you will be there. And I just, you create it because, you know, when Moses parted the seven seas or whatever, the Red Sea, whatever he did, when he parted that, they were up to their nose, their eyeballs in water before that sea parted. It, that's faith. That is, that is trusting you are being taken care of. Right. And, and so, and Moses had no doubt that that sea was going to part, even though all the people behind him are like, this man's crazy. He's going to kill us. <laughs> Um, and then the sea parted, but you have, but, but isn't that what spirit wants us to do is that we have to trust implicitly we are provided for and taken care of, even if you can't see it, because our job is not, how are you going to get there? Your job is you want to go, you know, it's whatever it is. It's the cursed house that we get hung up in. And it's not, that's not our job. That's spirit's job to figure out how to make it work. Right. Do you think yeah. I know how to make anything work after COVID right now? Oh, hell no. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to ask you, as you're helping people, um, coaching them through the visualization process or the dream builder technology, how is it that you help them figure out what they truly want? And I would guess too, Kathleen, that some people think they want one thing and then they figure out, oh, it's not really what I want. It's something else I want. You keep, the main thing is when I wanted, because I knew when I was in my 40s, I needed to exercise, but I knew I wasn't going to go to the gym. So one technique is you go back to what you were when a kid. What was your dreams as a child? Because a lot of times those childhood dreams are really something you really do want in this lifetime. And it took me three days and I realized I wanted to be a dancer and I started taking dance lessons, ballroom dancing. So that's what I did. And a lot of times people do want certain things and you can visualize it and what's it look like, what's it smell like, what's it taste like. But see, as they start accomplishing thing, you know, some of those dreams, if that's what they want, it's like, if you're not fully satisfied, you haven't, because you need to have that sense of satisfaction inside, you know, like this is really what I want. And then also it needs to be bigger than you. Because if it's not bigger than you, it's a goal. So like I started, well, like this book was way bigger than me. Whoa, that was way bigger than me. And, you know, and I kept telling them they got it wrong. I did. Um, Because it was so big. And so, and I didn't, I mean, I always knew I was going to write a book. I just didn't know what kind of book or when or where, but I always knew that as a kid, I was going to write a book. So when, and, and things like this, people think people know stuff when they're kids, they just have to go back to when they were that child and remembering all this. And so time I'm being asked to do something, it's always bigger than me. And that's the thing you want, because if it's not bigger than you, you're not getting help from spirit. And it's, it's about being really, really honest with your two. Cause it's like, yeah, I could say, I want to start a new business. And then you're like, no, I don't want to do this because I know how much hard work it is. But then something comes in that just kind of twists it and you don't realize it. So like when I started um, Grandma's Natural Remedies. Did you say uh, CBD? CBD. CBD. CBD, okay. That it's like, I have to do this because I was trying it on myself and my, my pets. It is going to be about learning how to speak up and asking what they need. Um, sometimes they just need to be heard because how many times do people have a dream and a spouse or a friend or a family member says, that's ridiculous. Why are you thinking that? And people start going further in depth. So when they start making that forward movement, movement towards something, then all of a sudden it's like all this other stuff starts coming in of like, Oh, what about this? And what about this? And what about, and what it's doing, it's taking them deeper and deeper and deeper into what the real dream is that they want. Okay. And so that's what it, it's about is you got to make that first move. And once you make that first step and you know, somebody's got your back and you're supported, then you can start dreaming bigger. And that's, and I think that's one of the biggest things people have to get over because their fear takes over so much. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually goes back, I think, to your first point too, is that that we're we're more afraid of our light uh, or success or how big we can be versus we're more afraid of that than failure, I think. so. Yeah, I think so too. I just don't think it's as conscious as the failure thing. Um, Our time is up and I've, Love this conversation with you. 
And but I know that you also have something for my listeners. I do. I have a three minute sound balancing. Well, it's, it's a chakra balancing meditation with the tuning forks and it's only three minutes and you can go to my website at KathleenMFlanagan.com and under the services page, there's a, down, a download. You don't have to give me an email or anything. It's a free download for you. And what this is going to do, it's going to help get you balance your day. It also starts a healing process because we carry so much pain in our cells that this will actually start releasing things, cellular memory of things where you start feeling lighter and um, more alive. So this is a, a great gift. And then you just feel rejuvenated on top of it. I mean, it's just like, it's just, the sound just is really nice. And the only thing I always ask the people to do is just make sure you're drinking water before or after because sound works through the waters in our body. And so the more water you drink, the deeper the session will be for them. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. You're I welcome. think you'll really enjoy that. And uh, we can buy your book at Amazon. Yes. Um, I'm on amazon.com. I can send you the link for that. Okay. I can put it in the show notes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's dancing souls under Kathleen M Flanagan. Okay. So the book is there. It's, it, I have Kindle and um, the hardback. Is your website that. Kathleen Flanagan as well or Kathleen M. Flanagan? It's, it's Kathleen M. Flanagan.com. Perfect. All right, Kathleen, thank you again for being here and thank you well, for thank your you. service to the world. Greatly thank appreciated. You.